welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here to share wisdom that will empower you to create and maintain happiness, inner peace, and success in all your goals. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back. Today's episode is about illnesses or imbalances, uh, be it physical, mental, emotional, and or spiritual. We are specifically going to address healing these illnesses and or imbalances from a multi-modality and multi-dimensional approach. We will discuss the value and the importance of looking at healing as an inside job. So we have a guest today and I'm very excited. Her name is Dr. Connie. She is a wellness professional who helps in redefining the practice of medicine by bridging the gap between sick care and health care. Dr. Connie and I will be exploring healing from the inside out. She herself has lived with an autoimmune condition for over 20 years and now she coaches autoimmune patients to reverse their condition by creating an inner healthcare system for long-term success. It's very exciting. She combines psychology, nutrition, physical therapy, functional medicine, and yoga to help guide people who are searching for integrated, holistic, functional medicine. So welcome, Connie. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. It's very exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So, um, you know, I wanted to hear more about your autoimmune um, journey, how you healed yourself, and um, just briefly maybe tell your story, how it relates. Yeah. So I've always been a health junkie and I was the epitome of health. I studied um, psychology um, in my undergrad, but even before then, um, I found Jane Fonda when I was 15. And um, I just always knew that I wanted to embody health and wellness in my life. So psychology led to master's in nutrition and nutrition led to physical therapy. And then as I was graduating for my doctorate degree in physical therapy, probably the last uh, semester that I was there, I started to lose a lot of hair, severe fatigue. I remember I was studying on the lawn with my classmates and um, a lot of the immunological functions, um, like I thought I broke out into hives and that was the start of everything. And Gradually, for over eight months, I went through different uh, symptoms, very mysterious symptoms that really scared me. And the only solution that the doctors had was corticosteroids. Um, and I was really fearful. If you can see my hair, my hair is my asset. I love having long hair. And I literally was having bald spots. I had alopecia so bad. And I had severe rashes all around the big joints. And I literally thought I was going to die. And I lost so much weight. Um, I'm already pretty thin. And I lost so much weight. And I really you know, it, it just really, I just believed that I was dying at that time. And it, it really, um, you know, helped uh, or just set me into a full-blown depression. And I just became a hermit overnight. Mm. 
And so the, my whole journey was all about coming out of that, making not so smart decisions, because at first I was at the mercy of the medical system to tell me exactly what I can and cannot do. We didn't have any internet back then. Everything that I read on lupus, it was mysterious. There was no medication. There was no treatment for anything. So I was lost and I just thought I was doomed because everybody who had lupus back then, I was told they die in their lifespan was um, 10 years. And so I just sort of um, lived my, my life uh, by default and I sort of gave up until I realized that there was so much more that I can be doing. And then I became a mom and I became a wife and I started my business and I found yoga, meditation, functional medicine, everything and everything, anything to help me to regain my health was what I was committed to. And so the journey still, I am still on that journey. And I realized too that um, just last year I was deathly sick and, um, all from psychotraumatic stress uh, from the past. It was triggered by a little argument that I had with my mom, sent me into the hospital, and it nearly killed me. And then I realized I was able to tie all the faculties of my health together to make sure that I don't take this linear approach of doing functional medicine physical therapy, nutrition, yoga, meditation, all fragmented in different ways. But I realized we're whole beings. We have to address the whole thing. And so I've been approaching um, the whole clinical practice differently, utilizing yoga as the bridge to tie the physical body to the mind. And then the journey of healing or self-healing journey is what I call it, is only possible if you are able to do so from the inside out versus expecting others to heal me. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes such perfect sense. And it's so refreshing to hear other people speak like this. Sometimes I feel like I'm the lone warrior out there saying these things. But yeah, I tell people that I use the body like through my yoga, like therapeutic yoga, using the body to access the psyche. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's phenomenal. So did you say just one year ago, you had a severe relapse? That was just a year ago. Yeah, so so I so I had a very bad relapse. So initially my lupus was just topical, so it was just a topical lupus dermatological. It wasn't anything systemic. Okay. Until I gave birth to my first son and when he was about 18 months, I had a nephrotic syndrome affecting my kidneys and then things got really serious. So that was my first experience into having a severe flare involving my kidneys, chemotherapy, all the medications, and I was told not to have kids, any more kids. And it was just my life turned upside down. Um, and then um, against medical uh, advice, I went on to have more kids. I had one more son. Um, after four years, I waited and then I applied the functional medicine, all the things because I'm a rebel in that way. And I did that and I successfully had my second son, I had a second relapse. And then the third one in 2013. And then that's when I got really serious about yoga. And that's when I got into meditation and the whole certification journey, even though I've been practicing for 25 years. Mm 
Oh. Um, and that's when I really got serious because just like what you said, it had a significant emotional impact in me. The physical practice of yoga gave me so much insight into my psyche in mm -hmm. ways I can't explain. And that's when I got clarity and that's when I got divorced as well. And that was my third relapse. And I knew as a single mom, I could not afford to get sick again. And so I committed to studying functional medicine full force, became board certified in it. And I went through and then I'm just applying yoga in a very new way. I have a wellness center and, you know, life takes a hold on you when you're doing your business and health is good. Business is good. Everything is good. And then just last year I had this uh, kind of, we went sideways, me and my mom over an argument or over a simple conversation. And it just triggered so much within me. And um, we went through a, a point where she, we joke about it, but she disowned me for a short time and it drove me crazy, insane. And all my significant other and all my close friends know that that was the trigger. It drove me in the hospital and I was in the hospital for over, I'd say 14 days. Wow. And uh, I, um, my physicians thought I had cancer, specifically leukemia, because I had no white count, no leukocytes, nothing. And the whole time, there was a rheumatologist, infectious disease, there was the oncology, there's the um, primary care, you know, cardiology, everybody was looking at me, and they all thought the common denominator, the unknown was the lupus. All along, it wasn't anything like that. And to make long story short, they found out that lupus was completely silent, even though they wanted me to go back on it just to um, have a security of knowing that we have lupus under control. But then I told my rheumatologist, I said, listen, my immune system was so bottomed out. I don't believe that the best answer isn't to um, decrease my immune system again. So give me some time. I'll get my labs checked on a monthly basis. Let me get my body back to where it needs to go. And so the whole psychological healing began in a serious way. I got myself a, a life coach and I started to work on my mind and through meditation and yoga, seriously taking this um, under my control, I was able to get off all medications for lupus and I've been lupus free for over a year now. That's and such so, a great story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And that piece, that parent-child piece is so very important for all of us to um, reconcile at some point in our lives. We could have had the best childhood, um, yeah. but there's always something in our past. If we're not well today in some way, then I can almost bet that if we explore with you know, a client long enough, we can come back to where the origin of that was. And it's almost always stemming from our childhood, from yeah. something with our attachment as we were growing up or lack thereof, or if, uh, like you said, your mother um, disowned, disowned you for a short period of time. And that's, that's traumatic at any age for our parent to turn their back on us, regardless yeah. of our age. We're always, I say that, um, Every human that I look at, every adult human that I look at, I see them, obviously, like I see you as an adult human, but I also see an injured child inside of every adult human. And until we love that child and, and help that child to evolve past that or to heal in whatever way and however, then we're going to be walking around as wounded adults. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, for sure. I see a lot of that, whether it comes out physically in your lupus has a physical manifestation um, or any other autoimmune disease that somebody might have, but stress, you know, you were, that was very stressful and it crashed your immune system. That yeah. stress will crash our immune systems. I've had it happen yeah. to me as well as many people that are listening to this. Um, yeah. And that's within our power to, to increase. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. And, you know, um, you said it best, and I think it's coming back to recognizing yourself as a little human, little girl mm -hmm. with unresolved trauma. And until we're able to look at that, I realized there was a lot of self-loathing and self-punishment, and I was just like not my best friend. I was my worst enemy, and I just drove myself and didn't treat myself very well. I wasn't kind to myself at all. And so like to your point, every single patient that I've treated, they all had psycho, um, um, psychosomatic stress or trauma in their past that they still carry today. And until we're able to look at it square in the eye, we're always going to be living from our past to create yes. our future. And so it's almost like through this whole meditative process, we can free our mind mm -hmm. from the shackles of our past or that trauma, but only if we're able to recognize it. And don't you agree that it's really, it's, it's all about self-healing journey is all about getting back to yourself, but really getting back to self-regard, self-respect, and ultimately self-love. Right. Absolutely. You yeah. Think that that's what it is. It's I don't just think it. I know it. I've lived it. I've had a past, not an autoimmune, you know, issue, but similar. I needed to look at my childhood. Mine was addictions. That's the thing that sent me to discover and explore who I am as a person, because um, externally, I was always very fit. I owned a couple gyms. I worked out six hours a day. I had clients and I owned my own gym. I had thousands of people that I came in contact with and I looked as a healthy person. You know, I was on the cover of Philly Health and Fitness Magazine. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So like to look at me, you would say, whoa, she's very fit. She's very healthy. But I was not. I was secretly drinking vodka in the nights, like every night. And sometimes I would drink uh, before I went into the gym. So that's when I started looking at myself in the mirror saying, you are a hypocrite. Externally, you're, you know, like a beautiful billboard, but internally, like you could poke your finger through a billboard, right? There was no substance. There wasn't anything that was really authentic. And so I had to face that. And that sent me back to my childhood and healing what I called the skeletons wow. in my basement and forgiving. Forgiveness is huge, but yes, the self-love ultimately is what we need to come back to or get originally. A lot of people never have had self-love. So yeah. exploring that and, and getting good with loving ourselves. You know, I've had people say, oh, um, something about being self-conscious or self-centered and I, and as if it were an insult, you know, like insulting me, like you're so self-conscious and, or you're self-centered. I think it was the word. It was years ago. Somebody called me self-centered and I said, thank you. That's been my life's work. I've been really trying to be centered in myself. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not I how they meant it wonderful. at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, being centered in ourselves, finding out who that is, exploring that, you know, we're not the child of, you know, we're not five anymore. 
right? Yeah. But don't you think too, like through, that's a beautiful story because don't you think too, like our defensive mechanisms go up and in the process, we get so locked in that we start to spread the hurt, not the love. Do you know what I mean? And we start to like push the things, the goodness out of our lives. And we are not able to receive the abundance and the healing and the love that's available to us in a moment's decision. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that that's, that's like super powerful to kind of have the courage, like, look at you. That's an amazing story because you were able to look at yourself. And it was really look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. That's the hardest work I've ever done. Is yeah. to really be honest and look at all of that ugliness and and to forgive myself for all of yeah. my mistakes and all the bad, terrible, wrong things that I've done. And I feel like that was the hugest piece. It took me almost say 16, 20, 20 years wow. to actually forgive myself for this one one thing in particular that I struggled with for two decades. Wow. So I was 16 when I did what I did. I was 36 when I finally, and I was working on it actively for probably 10 years, where it lifted. And I really got to see like from a higher vantage point, forgiveness, how it feels, what it looks like when it's genuine, forgiving myself. Yeah. After I did that really hard work for me, it became so much easier to forgive other people because I get it. I get it. I get making decisions and choices, like you said, in that snap, you know, not being in our power, not being self-centered, not loving ourselves and making decisions that we regret perhaps later on. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, we forget that. Like you're able to have so much more empathy. It just comes out from you being authentic with yourself. And like, I I just feel like, oh my gosh, I can tell you everything because you kind of get it. You know what I mean? Just the humanness of it. Yeah. That we're not our mistakes. Thank you. <laughs> the guilt and the shame that we surround ourselves with, it's, it's a choice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that fear of being um, exposed. Judged. You yeah. know, I'll be exposed. You know, if I, if I, and now I'm just like, I want to expose myself because I know that what has bound me uh, and what, I'm, what I've liberated myself from in doing so, I help other people to be liberated. So that shame and that guilt that you're talking about and that fear of being exposed, the sooner you get on a mountaintop and just say, yeah, man, I messed up and it was terrible and, you know, whatever or whoever, however you have to do it. But to be honest with the world, be honest with yourself, be able to look in that mirror and say, yeah, that was a terrible thing that you did. And it's okay. You were ignorant in making that decision at that time. You didn't know what you know now. Today, you wouldn't make that same choice. Exactly. And I know that with people who are hurting other people, so to speak, you know, if they had that insight, they wouldn't be making that. So clearly they don't have that insight and therefore I have compassion and I could essentially help those who are ready to be helped. I liked that. It was something that you said, um, in one of your, I saw it on your website, uh, help guide people who are searching for integration, searching, you know, because not a lot of people are really searching. They're quick to go to the chemotherapy and to the steroids and to whatever other Western medicine quick fix pill that is available because we have lots of quick fix pills, but they don't ever really fix the cause and core. You know, don't you think it's the shift though, shift of like directing your attention to the external world 
and waiting for that to fix me versus really going and it's the really deep work that you did it's the self exploration and just really you know withstanding some time by yourself and just really looking within in search of your healing the true answers to your problem because it's only the switch that's within right yes that's so yeah. powerful i like that switch that's within it's a good yeah tip. because no matter what i do the tactical interventions only are short-lived because we're so habituated and conditioned to think a certain way we all say pit say lip service to one certain things mm -hmm. but if it's externally focused we're never authentically aligned with our soul uh, or soul the core truth of who we are and until we can be aligned i say anchored aligned and true to our core values mm -hmm. only then can you move through and find what you need not based by other people's agenda for you, but you get to seek it out and you get to find meaning in everything that you do. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And look at you. You're radiating confidence, <laughs> you're radiating love, and you're radiating truth. And because it's so aligned, like this is what you this is who you get, Sharon. And you're That's amazing. It. Do you uh -huh. know what I mean? Yeah. And so are you. And I love that we're doing the same work. And I want to also talk about, you said um, other people's expectations of us. That might not have been the word that you used, expectations. Um, agenda. Agenda. Thank you. Uh, and then our own personal conditioned agendas, things that have that we've allowed ourselves to believe. I always ask people to check their belief behind their belief, you know, yeah. see if your belief is really true today. Yeah. I mean, five years yeah. ago, five months ago, maybe that was true, but always to check to see, because if you look at how the word belief is spelled, the word lie is in there, right? B-E-L-I-E. So I say, you know, is that just check to make sure there's not a lie in your belief, you know, your own personal agenda that was conditioned by family or society or whomever, however, whatever it got downloaded. And so now we just take it, and we own it and we wear it like our cloak. And it's like, yes, this is my agenda, you know, but is it really your agenda? What is your real agenda, your soul's agenda? And I love that you speak of the soul and that you embrace the spiritual component of our humanality. You know, it's a part of our human condition. Yeah. And uh, that's mostly where I try to, whenever a situation comes up, I say, I want to look at this from the vantage point of the soul, not my ego, not how I think or how I may have conditioned myself, but from the point of the soul. Like if I was up here with the eagle looking down what would be the highest and best way to handle this situation from my soul's agenda? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautifully said. <laughs> because here's another thing that I learned through last year is, so we've got the way we're conditioned. It's the repeated thoughts, right? We are so indoctrinated by the education system, by our caretakers, and we adapt what we're given. And like you said, we're conditioned into believing those things as our own, but they were never dictated because nobody asks you from when you were little, what do you think? What do you believe? You're just assumed whatever my parents believe. If they took me to church, that's what I believe. If they said this was bad, then I believe that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We never questioned it. And so a lot of the work that I do now is all about questioning your limiting beliefs 
mm-hmm. of what you think about the world because what your thoughts are is what you're creating in your life, right? The results Absolutely. that you create is always pointing back because we're validating our thoughts always. And thoughts trigger our feelings and feelings drive our actions and those yep. repeated actions over and over again, you know, we, that's the result that we get. And we can be doing the actions and then, you know, creating the result. But a lot of us have that void because that's when we're kind of feeding into the external expectations of us. We're doing and whatever that might be, it might be bringing us financial success or career success or whatever. But if we're not aligned with our core and really aligned with our thoughts and our feelings to create this synergistic vibration, healthy vibrations in our body, because feelings bring vibrations in our body. Mm-hmm. If it's not achieved, then you're always going to have that void and it's going to be short-lived. And then people usually find themselves out in their 40s and 50s and you're like, what am I doing in this world? And they have a midlife crisis that way, right? It's the you know, awakening that happens, the rumbling of the soul just saying, enough is enough. Can you please pay attention to me, right? Yes, that inner discontent. And then you can't quite put your finger on it. You know, it's like, what is it? This weird, you know, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's it's sad that people don't look at that. A lot of people don't look at that. They just take the drink or take the pill or do whatever to numb it out. And the financial feeling. Yes, avoid avoid the emotion. The hardest thing to do is to sit with that, to process that. You know, during the initial stages of the pandemic, um, I was having clients calling and just like, uh, it was like drowning, you know what I mean? Like frantically grabbing, you know, externally, externally, and just so panicked with so much anxiety and and the hardest thing to get them, you know, to do is to, to be with the emotion and see what it can teach you, see what you can learn from it, see where it will direct you. But no, I have to get on medication. You know, I have to try CBD. I have to, you know, whatever different things are out there or just drinking or whatever, you know, anything to numb it, to not be with the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's when we truly can learn to feel. But then I talk about physiologically too. If you can metabolize your feelings, metabolize is assimilating and really feeling and letting the feeling not have control over you because that that you resist has control over you. Mm-hmm. But the moment you invite it in, bad or good or indifferent, because life is both half and half. Half is bad, half is good. Yep. We need both, right? Yes. Once you are able to metabolize, detoxify, and eliminate, these are the three essential fundamental pillars to health that we want to be working on through the practice of functional medicine. And it's not just physical. It's not just with the foods. It's not just with the supplements. It's in the way you process information, what you're going to put in. And it's also in the relationships that you build, the feelings you're welcoming and able to metabolize and detoxify and eliminate what you don't need. Mm -hmm. But only then can you have clarity for what you need and what you don't need rather than just repressing. Because when you repress it, it's got to go somewhere in our body. And that manifests as disease and discontentment, all those things, accumulated toxins. So I think that's what really um, set me off with my fourth flare that I had last year, because 
you know, nothing was explaining why I was so sick. And all my doctors, even my oncologist, the smartest of them all, we talked about meditation in his office because he could not believe at six months checkup how, what a turnaround, you know, from a nearly dying young woman to now like there's nothing wrong with you. What's, what happened? You know, it wasn't even lupus. That's awesome. Yeah. And power to you, lady, because often our oncologist, you said, he should, you, you would trust this person. And if this person says X, Y, or Z, you will accept X, Y, and Z because you yeah. trust this medical professional. Yeah. And uh, it's not easy to stand up against a medical professional and say, I'm going to claim my health for myself. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I, I was through a recent experience with um, something with one of my ovaries and I went to my doctor and I said, I think something's wrong with my ovary. And he was like, why? And I said, well, it's a feeling that I get, you know, I mean, I definitely can feel it physically. There's something that's just not right. Um, he says, you probably pulled a groin muscle because I work out a lot and that's likely. But I said to him, no, I said, I, there's an intuition that comes with it though. So I have the physical feeling. Then in my mind, I do this when I have an injury or even whatever, um, with my mind, I go there. I'm like, what was the purpose of this? Like, I want to learn from my illnesses, from my diseases, from my physical, anything. I can't bump my head without thinking, why did I bump my head? I, I must be up in my head about something. Like, seriously, this is how much I analyze myself. I mean, not at nauseum, but you know, but I do, I'm not yeah. going to just let something go and yeah. be like, oh, you just bumped your head. You know, it's like, you don't just bump your head unless you're trying to wake yourself up about something. I think that's my belief. But um, anyway, yeah, I had to like really kind of sort of, and I love my doctor and he's been my doctor for 30 plus years and he's just a great guy. And then finally with tears in my eyes, I was like, I know my body. I said, I hope to God, this is a groin pull, but I feel like there's something else. And I like had to be in tears for him to order an intra, what do they call that? The ultrasound, intrauterine ultrasound, I think is what they call it. So they go up through the vaginal canal and do an ultrasound that way. And like, so he finally did order it. And sure enough, they found something. I'm like, thank you. Now I know what I have and I'll work on it with, you know, my diet, turmeric and uh, ginger and all of the anti-inflammatory foods and things like that. And then emotionally, I needed to look at that because what am I holding there emotionally, right? So in a um, very meditative state, I went there and I started talking to that ovary and then it brought up something from my childhood that I had, I guess I blocked it out as an, an abuse that I had and that affected my womanly part of my body. And so I was able then to work on forgiveness and healing that person who did that thing and healing myself and for whatever part I played in being in that situation to have that happen. And like miraculously, it went away. Wow. That's just, powerful. Miraculously. You know, but that is the power. We are miraculous beings. Once we connect the mind with the emotion, with the intuition, with the spirit, with the soul's agenda, the soul doesn't want us to be walking around sick and in pain with autoimmune diseases or tumors or cancers. That's a wake up call. Pain is our teacher. I feel like if I'm having some kind of pain, I need to be learning some kind of lesson right now. And the sooner I get that lesson, the quicker I'm done with the pain. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I, I do me. You know, yeah, I, that's I try awesome. to guide people with that. I love but, it. Yeah. So I want to know more about um, functional medicine. So it's a term that I hear, but I don't have a full like concept of exactly what is functional medicine. 
Well, functional medicine, we focus on the root cause of illness. So rather than just patching it up with medications, we believe at the core, at the root, there is there is the root cause of illness. And once you can recognize and really um, kind of undo the damage, damaging effects from that root cause, then the healing will take place. It's really lifestyle medicine, and it's a lot more, um, I guess, in-depth in terms of uh, looking for really the holistic causes as well as holistic treatments of those diseases, utilizing more of the naturopathic means rather than allopathic. They're not opposed to the allopathic methods, which is the conventional medicine, Mm -hmm. but they look more towards uh, balancing the natural cycles of your body and natural physiology, but also understanding what the deficiencies are, understanding what the gut... um, gut issues or neurological issues or any type of systems, everything from metabolic processes to physical movement to immunological and then the energetic piece of the puzzle. So it's almost like they look at the body as a whole system, parts of the system that work together to make the whole. Got it. And they go in depth into different causes, root causes of the symptoms to kind of figure out what needs to be addressed or fixed, so to speak, using lifestyle factors like yoga, meditation, movement, nutrition, and what have you. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Yes, it does. And do you have um, certain testing? Like, do you do blood testing? You do, you know, a lot of that type of um, lab work as well? So we have specialty testing that normal doctors won't do. So here's the conventional medicine is unless you're really sick, like you have a diagnosis where the blood levels show you have a disease, they won't do anything. They'll just offer you different types of medications, right? Hmm. We've got a gamut of testing that we can be doing that are highly individualized and highly specific and kind of targeted so we prevent the dysfunctions from going towards disease. And after we figure out what's wrong, we can work to reverse the disease as well. Not only do we look at different levels of um, um, certain uh, lab level values because levels that the conventional doctors look at is an average of the population who comes to the doctors who are sick, right? Mm -hmm. Because think about it, who goes to the doctors? Sick people. People who are sick. And so that's the average of those lab values are considered normal. They're not really normal. Your levels, Sharon, might be very much narrower because you're not in your 70s. And so you shouldn't be, you know, bulked into that level. And if you're in your 20s, you also shouldn't be bulked into that level. And if you're symptomatic, it's telling you something's a little off in that the conventional methods by which we measure disease might not be sufficient. So it provides us with a lot more tools. It's a lot more expensive, Mm -hmm. but it gives us a lot more tools to look at different um, serology, which are labs that are available to us, which include a lot of the predictors of disease so that we can kind of pinpoint exactly where things are going wrong so we can reverse them quicker before it happens. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. a lot of patients are frustrated by conventional medical doctors because they feel the symptoms for so long. Like I had to struggle for eight years, right? Mm. Before my chiropractic brother um, did the lupus urology. Only then I had something to go back to the doctors for. But until I had that, they didn't even think about that, you know? Yeah. And I just had to be on corticosteroids because I kept losing hair. I kept going in and out of the hospital. They had no answers for me. And the damage I mean? that does to your body for being Absolutely. on steroids for how long? Absolutely. For eight years you were on steroids? Um, eight months. Oh, eight, eight months, months. Before I'm sorry. getting diagnosed. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's damaging. That's the other part. So damaging. The pharmaceuticals. Irreversible. Irre there are irreversible consequences to any medications that you take because it does a number on your biochemical homeostasis within the body that's natural. So when you're taking something in externally to create something for immediate acute relief, you're doing long-term damage in the systemic effects of the body to damage the whole piece. And it's irreversible sometimes. You see what wow. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. So um, I wanted to talk about, you mentioned this phrase, uh, processing emotions, I think is what you said. Or died. No, yeah. did you not processing? Uh, you used a different word. Metabolizing. Metabolizing. Yes. Thank you. So yeah. describe what that means or what it looks like or what's the process for something like that yeah so I think a, a lot emotion. of people a lot of people don't realize when you feel uh, fear or when you feel shame when you feel um i guess guilt what does that feel like in your body right mm -hmm. and like you said we we want to run away from those negative feelings so much so that we want to numb those feelings so a lot of the times we can't even name what they are. We just know we don't want to feel them, right? Mm. What I mean by metabolizing is really getting curious with your feelings and sitting with it long enough to recognize, okay, what was the precursor to the feelings? What thoughts? Because it's always the thoughts that yeah. drive the feelings. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I know what you so mean. You you think about the precursor. You sit with the shame, for example. I'm, I might feel shame and something like just doesn't feel good. And so I decide that's shameful. And then I think about, okay, what was I thinking? Something might have happened. Maybe like, I don't know, somebody yelled at me or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think about, okay, because that person yelled at me, that's a circumstance, right? They yelled at me, mm -hmm. but I don't have to feel a certain way. That's my choice, right? But right. my thoughts about that yelling made me feel a certain way, right? Yes. And so then if we can go back to the thoughts that we're having about a certain circumstance, we have the power to change the thoughts. Yes. But unless we can metabolize the feeling that we're feeling, we can't really do anything because we're numb to it. We're like a child, right? Yep. And we don't really know how to feel because Sharon, do you remember when you were little who taught you? Like when you cry, you know, we do anything and everything to make you stop crying. Uh -huh. And it's not okay for you to be emotional at school. You're supposed to be kind of numb to your feelings, right. hide your feelings. Don't be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Don't show yourself because that's embarrassing. You have mm -hmm. to fit in. Right. So you never are taught how to feel. Think about that. It's profound. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people find 
healing and understanding through breath with movement, all of a sudden they connect to their soul in ways where it's never been and they can't even explain it. Yeah. And so it's the thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. And I'm trying to tell them the moment you can get clear about the thoughts that you're having, then you can choose what feeling to have, right? Yes. Well, better yet, you can't really choose the feelings. You can choose the thoughts to create better feelings that's going to drive you to take better actions to mm -hmm. go towards your goals. But yes. most people are stuck feeling a certain way, unmotivated depressed and they're feeling shameful all the time and they feel irritated or whatever, whatever the word might be, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. fearful, anxiety, anxious. Right. And so I usually ask my patients, what are your thoughts about what's happening? What's creating this anxiety? And then if they can pinpoint to what exactly thought, they can sit with that thought. And if they like that thought and they like the consequence, okay, well, you get to keep it. That's in your control. But do you know that you can change your thoughts, the way you look at things, to change the results that you're creating in your life? But most of us are completely oblivious to this power that we have. Yeah. You know, and it's the analytical work. This is more the analytical work. The other way you can get there is to do transcendental meditation. Just sit there. Mm -hmm. Because the, the, the waves, right, up on the ocean top, it can be very turbulent, yes. but it's on the surface, no matter how turbulent it is. But when you look at the depth of the ocean, it's really quiet down there. Yes. The thoughts are the bubble that goes, rises to the surface. So that depth are available to you. Knowing that and focusing on a mantra, it's the more the transcendental meditation sure. um, technique that I follow. And the moment you can do that and do that 20 minutes when you wake up in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, you can almost reset your whole body and learn that way to realize the power within. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's beautiful. And so yeah. that's your um, primary um, or your, your most used type of meditative practice is transcendental meditation? Yeah, I like that the most. I, I do guided meditations and I do all kinds of other things. Mm -hmm. Kundalini is something that I've tried, yoga nidra. I'm, I'm trained in all of those things, but I find that this is the most simple <laughs> technique that really resonates with me. But I think it's perhaps because I've explored all the other meditation techniques for mm -hmm. so long in search of something that yeah. is because meditation takes so much work, right? It's the hardest it thing I've ever done. <laughs> it really does take a lot of and work. And I have a busy mind. So, <laughs> it, so I find that that's, that's sort of something that I've, it finally worked for me. That's awesome. So with your busy mind, you can just latch on to the mantra and which Quiet is, it down. Yeah, 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 which is basically a, a mind instrument. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, I teach a lot of different meditations and practice a lot of different types. And, and for me, I'm such a free spirit and I, I don't particularly love routine and structure. 
I, I, I fare very well without routine and structure. You know, I understand that a uh -huh. lot of people need that. I'm not one of them. So I like, you know, I just go by my mood, you know, it's just like, what kind of, what's going on with me right now where I have to just do a mantra, you know, or I have to do an affirmation right now, or I just need to focus on the breath right now. And, you know, or whatever the Kundalini, I love Kundalini. That's been, that was my first yoga. It's my favorite. I love that it combines the meditative practice and the chant with the yoga and it just to me it just combines all of the good stuff and uh so but yeah it's great to find the one that works for you which is why i teach a variety because you know some people gravitate toward this one some people gravitate toward that one or what's going on in your life there's so much meditation out there and i love it that it's becoming more and more popular um just because it gives people more options for meditation yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. people think, no, I have to sit with my legs crossed and my hands have to be like this and that's meditation. I'm like, well, that's one form of meditation, but it's not the only thing. You know, walking meditations, eating meditations, cooking meditations. Yeah. There's just yeah. so much. And it's, yeah. we live in an exciting time that it's available to more people. Yeah. You would think more people would be doing it, <laughs> but it's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, um, Let's see, um, if you were going to give a few tips for somebody who is suffering with an autoimmune disease, um, what would be something other than contacting you and getting in, you know, to under your care or guidance, but if they were just going to try something on their own just to sort of um, test the waters for themselves, what would you suggest yeah. for someone? Um, I would recommend if they can look up elimination diet Elimination diet is something that you can follow to completely get rid of all the inflammatory foods from your diet for okay. 28 days and then systematically reintroduce the foods back into their system to see what fits. The elimination diet is dairy-free, gluten-free, all the additive-free. Um, it's not grain-free, but nightshades. All the inflammatory foods are out of the, the plan. Okay. And so you you do that for 28 days and then reintroduce the foods to figure out, is there any triggers in the way you eat every single day? Because we all need food every day, right? That's something mm -hmm. that we all have in common. The other thing that I want to recommend is trying to do this meditation. What I call a brain dump is what I start my clients off with. Because a lot of the times if I say, just go meditate, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And the type of the work that I do, it's very actively engaging. I coach them through the process. And so yeah. what I recommend is as soon as they wake up, I say, keep a journal and brain dump all the thoughts that you're having in the morning. Just exhaust all the thoughts out of your brain onto paper first thing in the morning. And that way you've eliminated all the thoughts and take a look at it and figure out what thoughts you want to keep. Or once you write it down, it's like it, it reveals sort of what trash you've got going on in your head. Mm -hmm. And most people don't even do that. And it's, it's key not to censor yourself when you do that. Just write, 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 write. And then do that every morning. And then the other thing is, as soon as you wake up in the morning, I want you to start your day with lukewarm lemon water and then just drink the whole thing. It wakes up all the detoxifying organs in your body, like the kidney and the liver, to prime you. Not only that, it alkalizes your body for the day. Mm. 
So that's um, something that I recommend that they do every single day. And these are lifestyle. And of course, the fourth thing is, no matter what you, no matter how bad you feel, and it feels very counterintuitive, but you must move. So choose yoga, do some type of gentle yoga, move anyway, despite how you feel. And I have a YouTube channel with all the autoimmune yoga there available for them so they can follow along and, you know, they need to be moving to be able to, again, metabolize, detoxify, and eliminate all the toxins that accumulate in our bodies. Oh, that's awesome. So, I do. That'll be um, my tip. I don't do the brain dump in the morning. I drink water every morning uh, with lemon for sure. And so I do 32 ounces. What do you recommend? Before I do anything, I drink 32 ounces of lemon water. First thing. Um, first thing in the morning? Yep. Okay. Well, I, I say probably about 12 to 16 ounces is a good thing. Okay. 32 seems a bit much. Like I can't hold too much because I think that would be just overloaded but really if you're able to do that water is the best thing for you and lemon it works water for me. That, yeah, yeah if i do less awesome. than that i feel almost dehydrated plus i live in a very arid area that's sunny and that's awesome Sharon. dry Keep all doing the time that. but yep. yeah i always want and i always tell people 32 ounces but i'll often hear that's too much i can't drink 32 ounces <laughs> like really <laughs> but i get it so you say between what did you say 12 and 12 six? 16. okay all right that's reasonable yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So I'm glad because I always say 32 and it's nice to know that it doesn't have totally to be good. 32 ounces. <laughs> but I drink a lot of beverages in the morning. I break my fast very gently and slowly. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's see. And um, you say use meditation as exercise. Just move. Just move. Um, well, and move with breath. So okay. inhale deep. Exhale with movement. Like I always match my yoga poses with movement. I mean, with breath. It's yep. always breath coupled with movement. Perfect. Terrific. So tell us about your YouTube channel. Where can we, uh, what do we look Dr. up? Dr. Connie Gian, I've got lupusrebel.com and alkalinewellness.com. And you can follow me on my um, Instagram handles as well. It's Dr. Connie Gian. Awesome. And spell your last name, please. I didn't say it because I wasn't, per I didn't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. <laughs> J-E-O-N. Okay. Gian. Gian. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, well, we'll have to do this again because yeah, for sure, about Sharon. An hour and I'm going to reach out to you and get you on my channel. All right, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> what yeah. a gift you are to the world, and thank you for gifting me with your time today for this podcast. Thank you, Sharon. It was my pleasure. So great to meet you. Visit whitefawnwellness.com to learn more about our programs and how I might be able to help you. And remember to like us on Facebook and maybe leave a review on iTunes. Be happy and be well.